3: Wrestle, 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 ha wrestle, 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 Welcome back
0: to Mindset Monday. Today we have a very special treat. The great Pete Jacobson, the head
3: coach of Edgemont High School, and extraordinaire when it comes to especially getting parents involved, building a culture, building a team. Uh, Really, just what that the organization behind everything, and and how to get all these moving parts working in unison. So, Pete, we really enjoy having you on, and we're, we're honored to have you again.
1: Thanks, thanks. It's great to see you guys. I'm uh, I'm excited to uh, talk wrestling. That's yes, we right. did it. Over Hold the on, summer. I got I got to add Gene. Pete's, Pete, uh, Pete's the CEO of
4: Win Smarter. He's on the NWCA Leadership Academy. He's all over the place. He was on our leadership clinic the last two years, right, Pete? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely um, when I, I think, when, sharing, I think uh, when I think leadership building a culture, I
1: think Pete Jacobson, thank you. I think uh, that's, that's almost too kind, but I, I uh, definitely appreciate it. Thank you very much.
4: Yeah. Thanks for joining us.
3: All right, let's, let's kick it on in. So we, you just had, you just had your parents meeting. This is something I've, I've been a part of now twice. I was very grateful to be part of it to speak. I'm talking about wrestling mindset. Um, another guy on your team that's that he's going to be going through the program individually. But uh, you know, I've been to parent to parent meetings before coaches having a a parents meeting in the beginning of the season. Yours is very unique in the, in the presentation, all the bases that you cover. Um, Let's start off. Talk about, talk about that, how you bring these parents together because it's always a great turnout.
1: Yeah, thanks. So, So, I mean, I, I think that like all coaches can relate like about the, the struggle, the frustration, the headache of dealing with parents, like, you know, I, I've heard coaches say, like, coaching would be great if it wasn't for the parents. And, and I've actually heard coaches say last year, man, I'm grateful for these spectator limitations, because I don't have to deal with parents this year. And, you know, the funny thing is, like, I, I've been there, we've all been there. Um, But, but I, I what I kind of realized over time is that, you know the only way you build a successful program is when you integrate parents into your program and and kind of invite them in and I, I really uh, easier said than done sometimes. I'll be the first to say that, but i I like to think of it not about dealing with parents but about partnering with parents and working with parents and the way we try to think about it is you know our program is built around first and foremost our student athletes, uh, but then our coaches and our parents are integral parts of the program. And it's kind of a three-way partnership to make everything work. And I will say like the, the clearer you are with parents about your expectations and what your program has to offer, the more communicative you are with parents, meaning that, you know, kind of the more frequently you let them know what's going on with the program and even let them behind the curtain a little bit, um, the more cooperative they become, the less problems it creates. And what, what ends up happening is for us anyway, over time, our parents have, become uh, like our biggest advocates and our biggest supporters, rather than you know, a, a pain in the butt or a, a difficulty or a challenge for me as the coach to deal with. So adopting that mindset and making that shift over time has made a tremendous difference in not only my enjoyment and satisfaction in coaching, but also in the success of our program.
4: That's right. Well, question I have, and that is what are, what are the mistakes that you see the people make in the parents' meeting? So I, I kind of ask selfishly too. I'm I'm getting into coaching youth wrestling, rec wrestling for the first time. My boys are my two oldest are four and five, so I'm going to be coaching thirty Rugrats. So what are, what are some of the mistakes that um that that I should be avoiding? What are some of the mistakes that parents make when they have the meeting? Maybe the first one is not having a parents meeting.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, so so uh, I'll I'll start like at a high level and then I'll break it down a little bit more detailed. Like I I like to think about it as like a <laughs> I, I laugh, my coaches and I, assistant coaches, we call it our three-pronged assault on our parents. And so for us, that really means um, we have a parents meeting at the beginning of the season. And for us as, as a high school team, it's an it's a athlete and parent meeting. We want the athletes to be a part of it also. We have a, a handbook that you know summarizes and, and codifies a lot of the things we talk about in the parents meeting um, and also talks about our philosophy and our culture. And then we have, I think the the, the secret sauce so you're not just throwing stuff out there at the beginning of the season is we email our parents every Sunday. every Sunday, I will send out an email to our parents that has it kind of sums up the week before. it gives some positive shout outs to some kids on our team, uh, and it gives all the logistics and scheduling stuff for the next two weeks, you know what time we're starting, what time we're ending, where we're traveling to, what time the bus leaves, and so on and so forth. Um, and, and that right there, those three. Those three things, when taken together, I would say, having not done those, probably solves and, and it's no exaggeration, 90 to ninety five percent of per parent issues before they even start. Um, so, so that, that's a big thing now, if, if you want to talk about the parents meeting specifically, um, I, I, again, like I think the single best strategy to win parents over and to make them like enthusiastic fans of your program is to. Demonstrate to them um, that you really care about their kids, because when, when parents know that you really care about their kids, they're excited to have their kids be a part of that program uh, and, and they support you. Right. So, so um, you know, a big way that we do that is we're very clear with our parents about what our program's philosophy and our culture is about and how we look at wrestling as a vehicle um, to build better kids. You know, what we, we like to say, our philosophy is building champions on the mat and in life. And uh, so we make it really clear that we're using wrestling as a way uh, to develop the qualities and characteristics in their children that are going to make them successful on the mat and also make them successful in any other endeavor. So when you start with that as your fundamental principle, it's really hard for parents not to be like, okay, like I- I'm on board with that. My kid wanted to wrestle. Maybe I like that idea. Maybe I don't like that idea so much. But it's hard to argue as a parent that you don't like the idea of your kid developing, you know, accountability and work ethic and good habits and you know, sacrificing for a greater cause and all of these uh, sportsmanship, all of these qualities and characteristics are going to help make them, make them successful beyond wrestling. So, so that's, that's a big start. You know, we start our meeting by talking about that, our philosophy. Um, you know, our goal is to build champions on the mat in life. Our goal is also to be the best program in New York state, and also to be the best program in New York state to be a part of. So we wanna give a great experience to our kids. Uh, and from there, uh, we dive in in this meeting, really really explicitly talking about our core values that, are, that are, are student athlete driven, and what they mean and why they're important and how they tie back to wrestling. We talk about our, our standards of excellence, we call it. We don't really have rules in our program, we have standards. Uh, I think that's a big thing also, I believe, rules or at least people's perception of rules is that rules hold them back and kind of pull them down. Don't do this. Don't do that. Where standards are kind of the, the opposite side of the same coin. Standards lift you up. We're trying to pull people up to a high standard and hold them to that standard. Uh, so we talk explicitly about our standards. And then I, I think the other part that, that's kind of the real secret sauce there is we talk about how the values in our program and those standards apply across the board to everyone. They apply to our student-athletes. They apply to our coaches and then we really get into our core values and how uh, our expectations for our parents uh, are built around those same core values so it kind of brings them in it makes them feel like they're part of things and it kind of says like we're you know we're all in this together for the greater good of of the kids
4: that's awesome yeah and I, i hear your mission statement right the core philosophies and principles and no wonder it's such a seamless trans, uh, such a seamless partnership between wrestling mindset and Edgemont, right? It's like our, vir- our, our thing is the same. Basically, the mission is to build, use wrestling as a vehicle to build virtue. So it's essentially the absolutely. same. That's why it's, I guess, such, a, such an easy partnership when the values align, right? So yeah, absolutely. Can you talk about that? Maybe the, the value of bringing in an, an outside speaker for that parent meeting or just in general to, to build the culture? And it doesn't just have to be a wrestling mindset, but but really in general.
1: Yeah, I mean, so um, we've had Gene, uh, been fortunate enough to have Gene speak at our parents' meeting for the past several years. You know, and that's great because we, you know, I, I am a, a huge believer in the, the mindset side of wrestling. You know, your mental skills are a tremendous part of this sport, obviously. Um, I don't think anyone on this listening to this podcast would argue that. Um, but that's something that a lot of our kids don't necessarily understand uh, until you, you, you kind of walk them down that road. And it's certainly something that a lot of our parents don't understand, regardless of whether they have a wrestling background or not. Uh, so, so kind of talking about the importance of that and painting that picture, you know, that's important. Um, and I'll tell you, one of the best things that we did uh, during the, the shutdown of the pandemic is we had weekly um, team Zoom meetings. You know, it wasn't even our season, right? Our season had finished, but March, April, May into June, we had weekly Zoom meetings because, A, you know, we wanted to give our kids hope. We wanted to keep them involved and, and like, together, even though we were all apart. Uh, and, and I think that the most powerful thing we did during that period was actually have uh, various people come in and speak to our kids so they're not just hearing my voice. You know, I, I think some of the most powerful things we did was bring in some of our older alumni and even some of our younger alumni uh, to talk to the kids in the Zoom meeting and talk about some of the things we are talking about right now, you know, why uh, these characteristics and our values are important for wrestling, but they're also important outside of wrestling and beyond wrestling. And when you have successful alumni in all walks of life who can come back and say, I learned X, Y, and Z from being part of the Edgemont Wrestling Program, and now this is helping me in a very real way. You know, I I think that's compelling, and I think that's eye-opening to a lot of our kids who have trouble maybe thinking long-term when you're a teenager, you know, everything's in the right now, not in the five, 10, 15 or 20 years from now. So so I think that that was really powerful. Yep.
4: speaking of some of the athletes on the team, how important do you think it is to get the team involved in the leadership? So how important are the team captains? What are some of the things that you do to involve them? Because it's one of the things we've seen with wrestling mindset, where if you have a team of believers, but then you might have a captain who's a detractor, that could ruin the entire program right? The, the leadership, the captains, and I think even Dan Gable spoke about this at our leadership clinic this summer. He was talking about how important it, has, it is to have leaders that are on the team. It can't just be the coaches. It can't just be the parents if they're going to be part of the leadership, but it's got to come from the team. Can you talk about that a little bit?
3: So it's two questions. Yeah. That's, two que- that's two questions right there. We're talking about dealing with captains as well as dealing with detractors.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, so um, I'll, answer, I'll answer them one at a time. So I think it was PJ Fleck, the uh, the football coach at Minnesota. I think I, this is his quote. And if I'm misattributing it, I guess good for PJ and um, bad for someone else. But something along the lines of on an average team, nobody leads. On a good team, the coaches lead. And on a great team, the athletes lead. And I, I think that that's something that's, uh, that's important. It, I, I also, you know, I noticed along the way, you know, everything we do in our program um, might sound kind of like uh, – philosophical or like, you know, like not super practical, but everything we do is really for a practical reason. So we've chose to focus on developing great leaders in our program because I realized as a coach, like, you know, my assistant coaches are mostly in jobs where they can show up to practice and roll around with the guys. And that's about it. That's about all the time they are able to commit. So that means 95% of running the program falls on me. Uh, And I'm only one guy. Uh, and I only have limited time, and with two kids, and a wife, and a a full-time job as a New York City firefighter, and some other stuff going on, like, I I only have me sometimes, so when when you are able to have strong leaders in your program, when you're able to intentionally develop strong leaders in your program, you know, now you're able to have people that are, you know, well-aligned, on the same page, everyone's rowing in the same direction, and you have almost these these mini coaches that are helping to be champions of your culture and further build your culture, um, you know, to to supplement what the limited things that you're able to do with one person as a coach. So so we honestly got it really into leadership development
3: uh, out of a
1: necessity. Like I'm drowning here. I need help. Uh, This is, this is the the most obvious Avenue to make that happen. So the, the, I'll talk about our leadership development. I'll talk about the detractors a little bit, but the leadership development, I mean. Um, I said, if we need good leaders on our team, um, what I realized is some years we'd have good leaders and I'm like, this is awesome. And then they graduate and the next year's set of leaders maybe weren't so good. And I'd realize, well, we're kind of leaving it to chance. You know, we're hoping that we have kids that are seniors, that are some of the better kids on the team that are the kids that other kids look up to that are going to be setting a great example. But, uh, you know, as soon as you don't have that, you realize it's not, it's not automatic. Right. So, uh, you know, I said, we we need to figure out a way to systematically develop great leaders. Uh, And and so part of the problem is, I think, is that coaches don't have time to develop leaders. They don't know how to develop leaders um, and, and they wait too long to develop leaders. So in most situations, you know, the seniors or your captains who are probably seniors graduate and the juniors step up to become seniors and you name new captains, but how much training did those the underclassmen get to become good leaders or are you having to start from scratch every year and hoping that you have good leaders so our system kind of gradually moves kids along from their freshman year where we have a certain set of skills and ideas we want them to understand to sophomore year where there gets a little bit more and builds on that to junior year builds on that to senior year so we have uh, what we have now is really a dependable uh, and repeatable like pipeline of leadership coming through our program so we don't miss a beat any year. You know, our, our seniors graduate and those juniors are fully prepared and understand what's going to be expected of them and ready to jump into that role. So that, that pipeline and kind of the system we use has been huge um, as, as far as, the, and we, we can d- go into more details about that if you guys want, but as far as Gene's t- second question about the detractors, you know, I, I honestly, what I've found over the years is I've, I've had to um, I've probably in 20 years of I think I've only had to, to uh, let one kid off the bus, so to speak. Uh, I don't think I've ever really had to kick anyone off of our team. And, and I think the reason for that is um, our culture is very strongly uh, interwoven into the day-to-day of our program. It's, it's just a part of who our program is. It's part of what our program is. And so when kids come into a, a, a very strong and a very positive culture, um, really one of two things happens. happens. They ultimately buy in because that's what their peers are doing. That's what everyone around them is doing. They see the success stories that come from that. And if they don't fit, if, if that really rubs them the wrong way, they generally let themselves off the bus. So, so what, when, what I've found is the stronger your culture, the less detractors you have because the tractors don't usually stick around. Um, so so it, it, it almost takes care. I, I'm not going to say it 100% takes care of itself. You know, we certainly have kids who fail to meet a standard sometimes. And then we have consequences for that. Um, But very rarely uh, do I find myself in the position of having to deal with like a a cancer in the locker room and that sort of thing as people, you know, as people would call it. And I think it, it has everything to do with the, how strongly our culture is tied to every aspect of our program.
4: A quick break from today's podcast. Wrestling season is here. Wrestling Mindset is the number one wrestling specific program anywhere in the world. This season, make sure to work with a Wrestling Mindset coach to get the mental edge so that you can build confidence, stay motivated, and bring out your best when it means the most. Wrestling Mindset works with hundreds of wrestlers and teams each year. We have a special offer this season for our podcast listeners. Go to our website at WrestlingMindset.com. Click on the free trial session. Type your name and information. In the last section, you'll see additional information. Type in Podcast Discount. Wrestlers will receive a $100 discount and teams will have a $200 discount for any team program. Again, go to WrestlingMindset.com, click on the free trial session, type in podcast discount under additional information. Wrestlers will receive a $100 discount in their first month and teams will receive a $200 discount in any team program. Get the mental edge today. Now back to our podcast. Yep. How about difficult parents? So they're not going to be, you're not going to have as much of a probably impact on them because they're not in the room every single day. So how do you deal with difficult parents, you know, people that maybe are um, causing, you see them a- adding pressure to their athletes and, and all parents mean well, right? They want to help their kids be the best they could possibly be. But sometimes when they're not buying into the culture, when they are causing problems, how do you deal with them individually? How does that kind of work? And yeah.
3: Yeah. But I'm always piggybacking your question. And then part two to that would be dealing with parents who are maybe entitled, very difficult parents where, you know, maybe they're getting involved with wrestle-offs, these kind of things. Um,
1: yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. Because honestly, I think you guys just hit, at least in my experience, you guys just hit on like the two main, like, like categories that, that parental issues tend to come in, right? There's, there's the parent that's putting too much pressure on their kid and is, Unintentionally, I would assume, uh, damaging or hurting their kid's performance, right? And then there's the parent who, uh, you know, thinks they know everything about wrestling, wants to set your lineup for you, doesn't like your, you know, the the, the lineup you went with at last week's dual meet, and, and is just, you know, a pain in that regard. So, so uh, you know, I'll start with the first the first category. Um, you know, again, it 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 comes back to uh, I think it starts at our meeting and it gets reinforced in our weekly emails. So, so two of, and our handbook, right? So, all three of the the prongs that I talked about earlier. So, our handbook and our meeting, we go into our core values. um, And one of our core values is habit. Another core value is attitude. And so, under the heading of those two core values, right, we talk a lot about focusing on the process. Uh, We talk a lot about how uh, we very rarely talk about winning and losing in our program, but we constantly talk about understanding what things you can control and understanding what things you can't control. So very similar to, to parts of the curriculum in the wrestling mindset program. Um, and, you know, we try to maintain hundred percent focus. So again, easier said than done. And it's a challenge sometimes, and we have to self-correct and redirect ourselves sometimes, but we try to get our kids hundred percent focusing on the process. I can't, I don't have hundred, no matter what I do, I don't have hundred percent control over the outcome of the match. I'm wrestling next Saturday. Unfortunately, you know my, my opponent has a say in the matter. Unfortunately, the official sometimes has a say in the matter. So, so I can't get caught up in that. But what I can do is focus on the things that I can do this week that are going to put me in the best possible position to achieve the outcome I'm looking to achieve. I might not control the outcome, but I control my process. So that might be doing extra reps after practice, whether it's physical reps uh, or getting repetitions on their mindset skills. It might mean um, asking a coach or a teammate to like help them work on a certain position they're struggling with. It might mean um, it might mean paying extra careful attention to their to their nutrition that week if they're man- if they're if they're managing their weight in a particular way. It might mean um, getting some extra sprints after practice on our aerodine if they need to if they need to work on their conditioning level. Um, it it could mean all different kinds of things, but those are all things that we can control. Um, so we we talk about that. Uh, we talk about Wrestling fearlessly, meaning you're gonna make mistakes, so just accept the fact that you're not. You're gonna make mistakes. You're gonna wrestle imperfectly. Everyone does almost every match, and that's okay. And the reason it's okay is because you guys are good enough because of the habits to wrestle through those mistakes. Make the mistake and keep wrestling. And and I think that's important, right? Because that takes away the the fear of opening up, the fear of pulling the trigger, the the uh, perfectionism. Um. So. We talk about all that with our parents. Also, we talk about all of that in our parents meeting in our weekly emails. We're not shouting out. I said, we give kind of shout outs to the kids. I didn't say we're not giving shout outs to the kid who won the tournament last weekend. We're giving shout outs to the kid who stayed after practice and got extra reps in. We're giving shout outs to the kid who, um, you know, who who is getting the extra sprints in or who is coming early to work on technique with a coach. So we're giving shout outs for very specific controllable things, process related things, not outcome related things. So we're constantly reinforcing that to both our parents uh, and to our student athletes. So, so, you know, that's the big way that we deal with the parents who are putting too much pressure on the kids. We tell them like, listen, you know, the best thing you can do for your kid is... Uh, Oh, can you guys hear me?
4: We got you. Okay, yeah. You missed the best thing, though. What's the best thing you can do for your kid?
1: So, yeah, sorry. I left you hanging, man. Uh, cool. the, the, the best thing you can do for your kids is, is, you know, when you ask them how the tournament went, like, they're by habit, by default, they're going to tell you whether they won or they lost. But that's – make sure that you don't stop there. You know, I tell my kids all the time, if, if we split our squads up and we go to two different tournaments and I'm with half the team at one tournament and our other uh, coaches are with half the team of the other tournament. And I asked the kids at the other tournament, you know, how do you do? What are they going to say? I took third. I went three and one, uh, you know, whatever. And, and I'll always say, I, that's not what I'm asking. I'm asking, I, I asked you how you wrestled. You know, I didn't ask you whether you won or you lost because that's not what's relevant right now. It's how did you wrestle? How is your attitude? How is your effort? How is your preparation? Uh, those are the things we can control. Um, and so I echo that message to parents when you're talking to your kid on the ride home, um, you know, ask them if they had fun, ask them if they worked hard, ask them what they learned and how it's going to make them better. Uh, but you don't need to focus on the winning or the losing because that's when they start to think that as a parent, you value them based on whether or not they won or they lost rather than, Hey, dude, I don't care whether you won or lost, lost. I, I love to watch you wrestle and I love watching you work hard and get better. You know, that that's a big difference than you know kids feeling like their their value to their parents is based on whether or not they won or they lost.
4: That's right. So so a lot of the communication with the team or with the parents, I should say, is done via that that weekly email. Because I think that's a challenge a lot of coaches face. How do I consistently communicate with the parents? Is that where a lot of this is done?
1: Yeah, absolutely. That 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 15 to 20 minutes I spend each Sunday writing that weekly email probably saves me two or three hours every week easily. Uh, you know, like I, I can, and, and honestly, the best thing about it then is if a parent does have a question, rather than call me or show up after practice, they just hit the reply button. And so w- what coach would not rather handle an issue with, or a question from a parent by email than like having to set up a phone call or having to stay after practice? You know, I, I, I love my kids. I want to get home for bedtime. Um, so I don't want to stay an extra hour if I can help it, you know, I'll, I'll stay and do what we need to do for our kids, uh, on our team. Um, but obviously, you know, when you're, when you're a coach and you have a family, like it's, uh, you find the right balance. And so part of that balance, doesn't involve me, uh, dealing with parent issues for 30 minutes, face-to-face meetings after practice every night. So the emails solve Uh, uh, no joke, 90 to 95% of our parent issues.
4: I love it. That's going to be a big part of what I do, even for the the four and five year old grasshoppers.
1: Yeah, I mean, the younger the kids, the more questions you tend to get. So I, I think it's probably even more powerful to do it for youth youth wrestlers.
4: Yep. Now that makes sense. How how about the feeder program, the rec program, the middle school? How do you get involved with them so that they have some base level of preparation when they when they get to you in high school?
1: That's a great question. I, I have maybe a little bit of a a controversial take on that, so I'll, I'll share it with you guys. Um, so first of all, you know, in our town. We never had youth wrestling until I started coaching. So myself and my coaching staff started our youth program uh, maybe 17 years ago. And so we are the only youth sports program in our town that's completely run by our, by our high school coaching staff. So we'll, we'll recruit some parents to help out as volunteers. But our practices are run by – so it used to be me. Uh, and as our program grew and my responsibilities for the program grew, uh, you know, you have to delegate, right? To keep growing as business owners, you guys understand, right? To keep growing, you have to delegate. Um, so, so now it's run by s- some of my assistants uh, with the help of our varsity wrestlers uh, and some parents. But um, so because we're so closely tied to our youth program that no other sport program in our town has, it's really easy to maintain the alignment uh, culturally. And technically, uh, between our youth program and our high school program, if you don't have that, you know, I always I think that. Um, so, so the youth coach is always waiting for the high school coach to come talk to him and say, you know, what do you want me to do to prepare these kids? The high school coach seems to me is always sitting there waiting for the youth coach to come to him and like kiss the ring or something and be like, you know, what what, what do you want? You know, you know, like, what can I do to help get kids onto your team? And I think that's the problem, right? I think both people should be proactively reaching out to the other person because then it covers it, right? It, it, you know, So, so if, I, if I'm the youth coach, if I'm a youth coach in a town, right, let's say we live in a town later on and I'm not, not coach there, but I'm helping out with my kids in the youth program, you know, my first call is going to be to the high school coach and say, hey, listen, well, you know, obviously I'm not building uh you know, a, a national powerhouse youth team because I don't think that that's what's most important for youth kids, but how can I help get these kids ready for your program? What are you looking for? What does readiness look like to you for a middle school team or for a high school team? Um, that's a super important conversation. And then, you know, I, again, I think talking about that philosophically, but talking about it technically, two different aspects, but I think equally important. Um, our youth parents understand building champions on the mat and in life. Our youth parents understand working to build the best program in New York state and working to build the best program in New York state to be a part of. So they know that going in uh, and understanding that when they get to our middle school and our high school team makes it that much easier uh, to, to work with your parents because they already know what to expect.
4: Excellent. Yeah. I wanted to end with a couple best practices for coaches and, and best practices for parents, but Gene, do you have anything else before that?
3: Oh, those are my questions.
4: All right, so where, where do you want to start, Pete? Parents, parents, or coaches? That's best, um, best practices. Last, last thoughts there. That
1: yeah, yeah. So, so I get like, like we, our focus on building the culture in our program came from like a, a came out of desperate. It was born from desperation, really. Like when I started coaching um, twenty years ago, our team was terrible. We had like eight kids on our program. If they even all showed up. And like, you know, just very low level of commitment, a lot of entitlement and selfishness, um, not not a lot of like commitment and work ethic. And, you know, I, I thought that I would just whip them into shape. You know, I just come off of wrestling in college a, a couple of years prior to that. Um, I thought it was all about, you know, I just need to push them hard. And it would be like, uh, you know, there'd be some like a training montage song that would come on in the background and we'd whip them into shape. And I have a team of hammers and obviously anyone who's coached knows that there's, it's a lot more complicated than that. Uh, but it was frustrating for me because none of that stuff I was doing was working and I was kind of like, at the end of my rope, like I'll try anything. Like, how do I fix this problem? Because I, I don't like coaching that, you know, this isn't enjoyable to me at this point, uh, and it's super frustrating. And, you know, at that point I started reading more and it started opening my eyes to focusing on building a culture a little bit more and honestly, that changed everything in our program. Not overnight. I don't want to sugarcoat it. And I don't want to make it sound easier than it is. But over the course of four, five, six years, it changed everything in our program. Um, and, and it made all the difference in the world. So, so that would be what, what I would say is the best practice for coaches. Like, It's really easy when you're caught up in planning practice and all these other things to overlook the importance of building your culture. It's really easy to let that fall to the wayside. But I think that you're, everyone, no matter where you coach, you're ultimately going to hit a ceiling with your team that if you want to break through that ceiling, you, you need to have a focus on, on building your culture. And uh, I think the most important way you do that is really making sure, being very intentional with your words and with your actions so the kids on your team and their parents can very clearly see that you care about them as people, not just as wrestlers. And we all, we all think that we feel, we all, we all probably feel that way but I don't know how good we all are as coaches about really being super intentional about how we verbalize that and how we show that with our actions. Be- because we, I think we tend to think we're coming off one way and are, are we're perceived a different way. So, so I, I think that was an important sh- mindset shift I had to make um, as far, as far as parents, you know, I, I think I really hit on it. Uh, and that's just the same thing, really making sure that your parents understand that your program's about more than just wrestling that's going to benefit their kids for life and that you and your coaching staff are truly invested in the success of their kids as wrestlers and as people. You know, if, if, if parents believe that simple tenet, like they're going to buy into your program one way or another. And when they buy into your program, there's suddenly a lot less pushback on your lineup decisions and the way that you're running practice and you know, what series you're choosing to run on top with your kids. Like that, that becomes. um. Trivial details.
4: Love it. Thanks, Pete. Where, where can people find you to learn a little bit more? I know we have the convention, our leadership clinic. I'll post that in the show notes. The, the last two years, um, one is up on CoachTube, one is up on our YouTube page. I'll definitely add that in the show notes. Where else can people find you? Yeah, that? yeah.
1: Uh, that'd be great. Um, You know what? I, I will, um, my, my website is winsmarter, smartercom My email is Pete P-E-T-E at winsmarter.com. So reach out anytime. And you guys, you know what I'll do? I'll, um, I'll, I'll send you a, a specific link uh, to, to a, a page on my site where anyone on the podcast can download an ebook of kind of like 10 of the most unique tactics and strategies that we use in our program to build our culture. Because I think that would give coaches that, that want to kind of dive into this a little bit more, a great head start on how to do some really specific things to start integrating that type of culture into their program.
4: Sounds awesome. Love it. Gene, you want to close us down?
3: Whether it's wrestling, sports, school, or life, mindset makes the difference. Have a great day.
0: Hold up.